Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good evening and welcome to Rising Generation Takeover Thursday. Uh, we are here and we are ready for God to bless us today. Uh, thank you for joining. Whether you're tuning in online or you're here with us in person, we are glad that you're here. Uh, we're going to start by saying a word of prayer. So we ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity for us to be gathered here today as your body, O oh God. We ask that you would speak through us. We ask that you will bless us today with some new insight, some new understanding, O oh God, and that all the things we learn here today, that you will help us for those tuning online, those here, everybody, all of us even participating. Everything we learn, oh God, help us to apply it to our lives. We pray, Lord God, uh, that at the end of the day that you will take your glory, take all the honor, take adoration. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rising Generation Takeover Thursday. Uh, we are glad that you're here with us. Um, here at Rising Generation Takeover Thursdays, usually we have a discussion that we can all learn from. And uh, we believe in learning from the previous generations, those that came before us that can share some knowledge with us. Um, young folks, older people, everybody could teach us something. So uh, we usually have a discussion that we can all learn from. And uh, we honor our pastors. Uh, we truly appreciate them over the years, have taught us so much. We honor our ministers, our rising generation president, we thank God for the opportunity to have this discussion. And we also honor our distinguished um, panelists and guests. So I'll ask that we all introduce ourselves. I'll start by um, introducing myself. My name is Evangel. I'm going to be the facilitator for today. Good evening. Uh, my name is Paul Mohammed. Uh, thank you to Rising Generation to, for giving me this privilege. Uh, thank you so much. My name is Yusi Uzachiku, and I'm very happy to be here today. Good evening. My name is Otito Okoye, and I am very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is Afame Funa Okoye, and <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Awesome, awesome. Today we want to talk about um, the beauty of seeking God. Uh, the beauty of seeking God and, um, you know, the riches of seeking God. You know, in um, Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, um, God told Abraham something very interesting. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So God told him that he, God himself, is his exceedingly great reward. And um, I want us to think about that for a second. You know, God said that he is the exceedingly great reward. You know, sometimes we find ourselves seeking a bunch of things, so many different things. But God is telling us that he is the exceedingly great reward. And um, I think that that means more than we, we, we understand because... 
he is an exceedingly great reward that exceeds other rewards. Everything else, it, 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 it can't surmount to that reward. So we're really going to talk about what is this great reward. We're going to talk about seeking God and, and fighting God. So um, without further ado, let's just even start by talking like what, is, what does it mean to seek God? What does it actually mean to seek God um, in your definition? Well, I'll go first. Well, to me, seeking God means seeking his face. Or let me say, um, setting my heart on him. Um, I have a Bible verse, um, Psalm 105, verse 4. It says to seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face evermore. So to me, that means seeking his presence continually. Like, I have to be in his presence continually. I have to set my heart, set my mind on God. So that's, that's what that means to me. Awesome. So just, you know, setting, setting, being part, you know, requiring his presence with you. In my everyday life. In your everyday life. Awesome. In my everyday life. All right. Um, for me, um, I thought about it over and over and... Um, I believe there are so many answers to the question, what does it mean to you as an individual, to me as an individual, by seeking God? And I, I, came, I came up with one answer, direction. You know, in life, um, without direction, you're nothing. You know, it doesn't matter what you want to achieve. It doesn't matter where you want to go. Without direction, your life turns out to be nothing. And also for me, what it means to me to really like to seek God is to, to have direction, to know why I'm here, what I'm supposed to be doing here and uh, where I'm going to. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Um, direction from God is um, to me one of the, my favorite benefits from him. And um, like you said, he's the one who created us all and, you know, you, at some point, you have to wonder why you're here, and you have to wonder what does he have for you, you know, being that he created you and he knows everything about you. So I like that. Um, what does, so what does it mean to seek God um, to you, Brother Paul? Uh, thank you very much, Evangel. That's a very good question. Uh, my brethren has spoken very well. Uh, generally, to seek is to sought after to attempt to find, to discover something, just you know, in a layman terms, okay? But um, for me, as a child of God, uh, it's like you see mentioned, to give Jesus my heart over every and anything else that Jesus takes precedence of my heart over every and anything else. He takes first place. For instance, uh, we see in this scripture, Proverbs 23, uh, 26, uh, NLT, if uh, it's up there, I'll read or i have it here. Uh, it says, Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. So, first of all, my heart 
has to be for Christ. When I give him my heart, then I can focus on him following his ways. So for me to seek God is for Christ to have first place in my heart. Okay, so like um, putting God first and really letting him reside in your heart and, you know, have his will in your life, seeking God. All right. Okay. I think if I'm said it best, direction. Direction, yeah. Yeah, I guess what I would add to it is seeking God gives me belonging and it also, it reminds me of, the, of love. What, what do I mean by that? It says here in um, 2 Corinthians 5.19 that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting the sins, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to us the message of reconciliation. So for me, what does that mean for me? Living a life knowing to whom I belong because I've been reconciled to Christ. I've been reconciled to God. So in this life, it's, you have so many things pulling at you, but it just, whenever I see God, it reminds me I belong to God. He's mine and I'm his, you know? Like the verse that you read, he's my exceedingly great reward. And it always reminds me to, that I'm reconciled to Christ, I'm reconciled to Christ. And that, that, that helps a lot. So seeking God kind of reminds us that um, in Christ we are accepted, you know, in the beloved. Awesome. So um, we're going to talk about also like why is it even important to seek God? Because um, we, we hear this often, seek God, you know, seek and you shall find. But like we want to like really explain for somebody that may not know why is it actually important to seek God? Because if I'll be honest, at a certain point in my life, I didn't know, like I didn't actually know um, why it was so important to seek God. Like um, I hear seek God, seek God, seek God. But at that point to me, it was kind of boring, you know, to seek <laughs> to seek God and uh, until I actually got to know God, until I actually got to experience and encounter God, that's when I, like what's, that's the, you know, that's one of the best things to do. So for for somebody that may not understand, like why is it important to seek God and what could we benefit from seeking God? I'm just gonna keep saying, Afam said it best, <laughs> direction. For me, that's the, that's the main reason why I seek God, because half of the time, I personally don't think I know what I'm doing. So it's best for me to stay close to the one person who knows everything that I need to do. So it's very important for me to seek God for counsel, to seek God for direction, to seek God for, um, for instance, like what what direction is my life going to take? Who am I going to marry? Who am I going, what job am I going to take? Those are the kind of questions that we need to, the kind of conversation that we need to be having with our Heavenly Father because that's the kind of relationship that he wants with us. So that's why I think it's very important to definitely take time and, and seek God in that aspect. So, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, and I, I will say it a lot. You see, direction is very, very important. And um, 
it, it really helped me, you know, to to be who I am today. I I know where I was coming from, and um, it's very very important for us to know that um, even before we came to Christ, we had our own um, way of understanding life. You know, we had we were wise in our own eyes. You know in the midst of our friends or family or school or work, we thought that we knew much, that we knew where we were going and all that, but when you came to Christ, you found out that you knew nothing. You found out that, that you were lost, you know? So it's very, very important to me, and uh, the scripture that I, um, I have for that is the um, Proverbs um, 3, 6. And seventy, where he says, um, "Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take." Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. You know that that seventy. It's very very important. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom because, like I said, we we before we came to Christ, and even some of us that are already in Christ, we 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 assume. But it's not even an assumption. We are like convinced that we know a lot, you know. And wisdom does not come from any man. Wisdom comes from God. And I do not care how much anybody think that he or she knows. Without seeking God, your wisdom will fail you. You know, it says, "Do not be confident." Like you don't trust in your own wisdom because you are nothing. You don't have anything. And um. It's, it's unfortunate that being in Christ, we can be trapped in our own wisdom, you know, not having direction where we're going to or not. So for me, the importance of seeking God is to know that all that we have and all that will lead us to where we should be or go to in life is all in God. And there is no way we can get to that without seeking to to know it or get those informations or directions from him. Praise the Lord. Right. I feel like even without seeking God, you could be living a life that you could even still be living a technically like a good life because there's some people that are successful, wealthy or whatever, and they don't know God. They could still be living um, some life, you know. But the thing about it is that you, you may live a life, but you're not necessarily living the life for you. You know the life that you were purposed to live, because um, one example that I hear, heard somebody say, they said that a chair um, could be used for so many things. A, a chair could be used um, as a stand for a mic. A chair could be used um, if you want. You could even use a chair for fighting or whatever. But <laughs> but we know that that's not the actual function for a chair. And the only person that could tell the chair what its function is is the person that created the chair. So the person that created you is the only person that can actually direct you to the path that he has for you, the, um, what he actually purposed for you, right? Because you could do so many other things in your life. You could be successful, but none of it actually um, surmounted to the reason why God created you, the actual thing that will matter when, this, when you're done in this earth. Because when we, we know the story of the rich fool. Once, when he was, you know, he gathered everything together. He said, oh, let me enjoy and then God said, God laughed at him and said, you know, I, tonight you will come back. And um, 
nothing nothing counted. All those things he did, nothing counted because that's not, he didn't seek the creator of the chair to see what the chair was for, right? So um, I like that point about seeking God. Okay. So uh, I like the way you put it. Uh, let's backtrack to the beginning, as you mentioned. You know, uh, in Genesis 1-1, we understand that in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. He's the one that created heaven and earth. In Psalm 24, 1 and 2, the Bible tells us that the earth is the Lord and his fullness thereof. Everything and everyone in it belongs to him, including the devil, because he created the devil. So humanity know that there is God who created everything that we see. And you mentioned why is he important uh, to seek him and what do we benefit from him? Now, we fell from him, uh, starting with Adam, but we were reconciled in Christ Jesus. Relationship. Right? He loves us so much, he created us to have relationship with him. But we lost that relationship in Adam. But we're reconciled to him in Christ. Now, let's see how um, we came back to him. Uh, the scripture tells us in Romans 10 uh, that with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. At that point, I'm not thinking about my mother, my father, my sister. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm giving Jesus all of me and I am accepting him as my Lord and my Savior. How does he reward me? Uh, the Bible says God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Proverb, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Hebrew uh, 11, uh, 6. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And he's a rewarder that them that diligently seek him. So coming to him, he gives me his life. And takes away the sinful nature that was in me, that we lost in Adam. So you see how we came to him, right? Jesus, these were his words in Matthew 22 uh, from 37 to 38. Somebody was asking him, that teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And his response was that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And he said the second, he said that's the greatest, and then the second is like that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Now, God is love. In order for me to love you, who is my neighbor, I must first of all give him my heart so that he fills me with his love, fills me with his kindness. That life that I have, his life that is in me, when I give it to him, then he fills me with his love. That's when I can extend that love to you. 
So you see, it's a love relationship. Amen? Amen. So, uh, you know, when we don't go back to the originator, it's almost like we run out, the tank runs out, right? Um, you talked about love. He fills you with his love. So um, when you're fellowshipping with him, when you seek him in his presence, it's almost like it refreshes you. He refreshes you and um, is, he waters you. And uh, you're refreshed and you're able to actually function. You're able to actually love others, right? That's what you're saying. Awesome. So um, um, I yeah. wanted to add something. Um, um, and this is for, uh, it's mainly for our youth, you know, youths like me. <laughs> like I always say, um, it's very, very important to seek God for friendship. You know, it's um, relationships through your, your work from where you are to where you're going has a whole lot to do with how, to do with what your life is going to turn out to be. And I'm, I'm a living uh, testimony. You know, I'm, uh, my wife will ask me sometimes, how do you even know these people? Because I have plenty of them, you know. But when I became born again, I knew world friendship and my position in my relationship with people should be. You know, coming to the U.S., I, a young man, I got born again like maybe six to eight months before I came and I was enjoying Jesus. And I'm like coming to this environment that I had different stories about. So I didn't know what it was going to be like. But in tears and sincerity of heart, I sought God. I said, I need to be one in a house, a church where what you started in me, like you, and that's, that's in your word, will continue. And more importantly, I want to be in relationships, to have friends that will help me to continue this work, this light, to continue to live in this light that you have shown me. People who you have put the same goal that you put in my heart, in their heart. And trust me, I came into this country on a Saturday. I came to church on a Sunday when we were at Orange. And those people that I met from the day I stepped into this church, they made huge impact in my life. I focused. For as long as I've been here, relationships didn't push me away from what God wants me to do. Rather, it kept me on the direction. You know, so it's very, very important to seek God for relationship. It doesn't matter if you are born again now or you are yet to be born again. It's very, very important because that will have a whole lot to do with where you're going. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I would add to that, um, I guess, seeking God in your career, right? So I'll bring that topic up. Um, I've had this amazing journey um, in my career where if I didn't see God, I would have given up a long time ago. God is the type of, <laughs> I almost said God is the type person. of person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God is our father that he guides us in mysterious ways. Like Joseph 
when he sent him to jail, well, he allowed him to go to jail and go through what he went through, um, he probably could have given up and said to himself, like, how can, how can this be happening to me? I'm, you know, I expected better for my life. I expected better for my future. Um, and I, I have felt like that. And I'll use an example of I was in positions where I felt so low. Like, how could I be working in this type of environment? Like, a whole me. <laughs> Seriously. And um, God would speak to me. I would seek out God. God would say, be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. And I will see people passing me and passing me and passing me. And God would say, be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. And in those moments that I was being still, he was teaching me. He was teaching me how to pursue peace. He was teaching me how not to react. He was teaching me how to speak. He was teaching me how to be a servant leader. He was teaching me how to love. He was teaching me so many things because in those times I was seeking him, seeking his face and his guidance. So the Bible says in the word of God in the word of God in Deuteronomy 8:18. 8, but remember your remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And it also says here in Matthew 6:24. No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the others, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I don't want to say I'm, I know, sometimes when I read God's word, I, I can't really interpret it correctly. It takes me time after time of reading it and reading it and reading it to get different revelations, but I might stand corrected, but I don't see, um, when it says you cannot serve both God and money, I don't see money as just meaning money, what we think is money. Um, I think sometimes we serve ourselves, like we serve our own intentions, our own desires. We, we try to, we, 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 there's this song that says, um, 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 I forgot how the song goes, but it just basically says that there's no other God but you. Um, all, I think it's all other gods, there's none like you, you are the only God, there's none like you, but basically that song, when I sing that song, sometimes I, how, how does it go, Paul? Oh, Lord, I go. No, it's a, it's a different, it's, um, it's, it's one song about um, there's no other God, but I forget the wording, but sometimes I replace that with, um, like, with myself, like, I tell myself that I'm not God, you know, God is God. And I need to remind, remind, remember that. Remember that I'm under that authority. Um, so if I remember the song, I'll, I'll mention it. But that song, that song really guides me because it, it puts me in my place. Sometimes we make ourselves God and we try to tell God how we're going to do our lives. But when we seek him and then we listen to him, he guides us. And then if we do follow his word, we get the best.
So um, for anybody, you know, listening, the takeaway could be that, you know, if you find yourself in a place where you feel like you haven't been seeking God or you haven't been directed by God, God is the ultimate rearranger. God just makes, you know, the word, that word that says that he makes all things work together for good. Yeah. God really does make everything work together for good. And um, even the things that you think are past mistakes, he will rearrange everything and um, turn your path to where he wants it to be. He says, um, acknowledge him. It says, acknowledge him or commit your ways to him and he will establish your paths. So that's so one takeaway. I want to um, add something mm -hmm. to that. And um, just what you guys said really touched me because I realized that those are the areas in my life that I've been really hard-headed with God about, you know, the seeking, that asking, like, you know, Daddy, what is it that you want me to do? When it came to, like, friendships, when it came to career, there were certain decisions that I decided to take on my own because I thought it was right, and um, I found myself in a lot of pain, I would say. Like, with my job, I remember coming out of college, I knew that I really wanted to do something in fashion. Like, that is what I wanted to do. But that didn't pan out, so I took the first job that came my way, even though everyone around me was telling me, don't take it. You know, even I didn't feel peace in that sense, but I took it because I didn't want to feel like, you know, all of my mates had job out of, you know, internships, and I did it. So I took the first job that came my way, and it was just a lot of pain. Like, I got fired. My self-esteem went. <laughs> my self-esteem went down. Like the next, um, it was eight months of just waiting for a job, and it was hard because I had to ask my parents for money, which is not a bad thing. But you know, I just like 18 years old coming out of college. Like I'm still at home. I'm asking my parents for money every day. I wake up, I see my sister getting ready to go to work, and I'm in bed searching for a job. So it just felt really, really 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 painful but in hindsight now looking at it especially where I'm at now it's like I didn't know what God was protecting me from you know I didn't know that you know those positions that he took me out of they weren't the right ones or like even some of the fashion agencies I've been I apply to a lot a lot of them have gone under you know, or maybe if I, that job that I, I got fired from, that company went under. So like, I, I kind of have to learn to um, understand that sometimes when God tells us no, or sometimes when God is moving me from a place, it's not that he wants to make my life hard, but like in the future, he wants to make it easier in a sense. He wants to kind of, take me higher than I've ever been. And it might mean that I have to wait just a little bit, but he has so much more in store for me. If only I just minimize myself a little and I ask him for direction. He's definitely, he wants, he wants to lead us. And in, um, there's a verse that I love. It's Psalm 32, verse 8, I believe. And it says that I would instruct you in the way that you should go. <laughs> teach you. Pastor Victor actually gave me that when I, <laughs> when I was trying to figure out if I should marry my husband or not. Um, but like, 
it, it really shows you that if you position yourself, if you position your heart to, to hear from God, you will definitely find him. All he wants is for us to cultivate that relationship with him where it's like father to daughter. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do today? It's as simple as that. And he will lead you. But you, you just have to get away from yourself to see that. Awesome. Amen. Okay, so we're going to um, move on to the next question. Uh, so we're going to talk about what does it look like um, from day to day, you know, seeking God. And we're also going to combine that one with the next one after that. And how do you seek him and find him? Because um, some people f may feel like, okay, I've been going to church. Uh, I've been trying to read the Bible or um, I've been going to prayer meetings, but they feel like all, although they've done these things, they haven't actually experienced anything or, you know, they haven't actually experienced God. So how do you seek him and find him? And um, what does it look like seeking? Uh For me, he lives in me. He lives in you. He lives in all of us. He that is joined to Christ is one spirit with him. Amen. And wherever we go, we carry his presence with us. Okay? But God has put in place a platform after anybody comes to know Christ. He put in place a platform in the church, in the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4 from verse 11, he says, he gives to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So now, this is as a corporate body, the body of Christ. Why? He says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry. So, they have been called and anointed and equipped by God to teach his body. In Jeremiah 3.15, he said, I will give you shepherd after my heart who will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. So when we gather as a body on Sunday services, Bible study, like we are doing now, Iron sharpened iron. We are learning from one another as inspired by the Holy Spirit because we are sharing scriptures and life uh, stories. Okay? So as a body, he has put in place a platform for us to be taught. The work of ministry, you know, uh, can be at home as a husband, as a wife, as a child. We are his witnesses at my job in the place of business we are witnesses for Christ remember Ephesians uh, 2.10 he said we are his masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the work that he has ordained for us long ago amen so this is as a body, individually, just like God said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8, he said, this book of the law shall not depart. He said, study this book of the law and meditate on it day and night. 
that you may observe to do all that is written in it. Say, then you will make your way prosperous. It's the same thing in the New Testament. In uh, Philippians uh, 4.8, he said we should meditate on whatever is good, whatever is of virtue. They are all in the word of God. So this is on a personal level. And I can't do it by my strength. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He said he will teach us in all things and guide us into all truth and remind us that which Christ has you know, told us. So on a so we're seeking by like reading his word and um, listening to those he's put to teach us, basically. That's correct. Gotcha. And what this does is that in reality, we are being transformed to become like Christ in reality. We, we learn about his love. Our pastor has been teaching us the package of salvation, the life he's given us eternal life, the gift of righteousness, healing. We have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's a journey. But there's platform in the church that God has put in place and then on a personal level. This is some of the ways that uh, personally I, 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 I you know, seek him. Got it. I th- you want to go? Okay. I think for me, focusing on the word day to day, and um, every every month I try to give myself a word of the month, some some sorts. And for this month is being intentional. So yeah, it's so cool. Word of the month. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's a word of a month. The other month it was diligence. I try to be diligent in, in things, but this month is being really intentional. And I mean by intentional because, um, so I recently got a new job. Um, I started this month actually, and I left my old job because it was long hours and only to get into this job, and it's longer hours. Um, I get up from 8.30 till about 9.30 at night. I'm in front of a computer. Like, there's literally nothing I do but work. And if I keep doing that, I don't have time to seek God, basically. So I'm finding that I have to be really intentional with how I make time for God, because if you really love something, you'll make time for it. So if I really love God, I need to make time for him. So it's figuring out how what my schedule is like. So maybe it's waking up a little earlier in the, in the morning and spending time with him before I start work, or maybe it's um, in the middle of my day, um, figuring out, like taking a moment, taking a deep breath, praying, even as I'm working, you know, try try to do things that really keep me in his presence because I know if, if I don't find myself in that presence, I'm only going to be empty at the end of the day. And my job is like super stressful right now and I kind of need to do this. So, so it's just really being really intentional about everything that I do when it comes to the things of God. So so intentionally putting out a time um, each basically, day to, to see God. Basically, to even if like, going. Mm-hmm. so even if my lunch break is 12 to 1, um, 
you can you can pray in like 10 minutes right you can have those you, you it's just being really intentional about what i want from my spiritual life and making time for it because you can be very very busy and by the end of the day you're like oh did i read my bible today and it's like no let me try and then next thing you know it's tomorrow so so just being super intentional. So that's that's what that's my answer to your question. Sorry. You know, it's actually harder to talk in front of a camera than it is to talk in front of live people. At least for me, I feel like if I had an audience, I would be. But I mean, I have an audience. Very good. Very good. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Um, um, so, what does seeking God look like from day to day? Uh, it's same thing with you see, and speaking to women, especially. It can be. I'm going to speak for women. It can be very, very hard to seek God um, with all the things that you have pulling at you. What I've learned to do is to incorporate God in bits and pieces. So in the morning when I'm doing the drop-offs, Chimamaka, pray for us. Chima, let's pray. When I'm at work and you know I'm at my desk praying in tongues as long as no one is around, I mean by myself. Um, and I'm, that is so amazing that you said that you do the one-month intentional thing so um, I started incorporating something in my home that no one knows about except me, and now my husband will know. Well, we're all gonna know now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is called, um, the church has uh, a verse of the year or a verse that guides them. And we are the church. Mm -hmm. So we should also have things in our families that guide us. So this year I gave myself a verse for my family. And I repeat that verse, I speak on that verse, and I follow that verse. And sometimes you include your family, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just for you. So for me, the verse that I gave to our family is Colossians 3.15, which says, you are one body in Christ. And as one body, I'm paraphrasing, you are called to live in peace and to be thankful. So every day and everything that I do, I always pray that. Because I told myself, if, I, if my church is leading me by example, and every year we come up with a theme, and our theme is this, and we have a Bible verse to follow that theme, and that's what guides us for that year. I am the church. My, we are the church. We should also have gui guidance. So I, told, I gave myself that, and I said, Colossians 3.15, and everything, whenever things, the devil comes, with his toothless self trying to roar, I said, Colossians 3.15, we are one body in Christ. We are called to live in peace and be thankful. And that's a form of seeking God. God, come, Holy Spirit, come, have your way. Come in this place. Because we can't, it's, it's very difficult to balance it all. But God, in me, the type of personality that I am, I, I, I used to be very like sin conscious or guilt conscious. Any little thing that I did, I would be like, oh my God, I let God down. I let God down, oh my God. You know, I would be very guilty. I always feel so guilty, you know. But God always reminds me, 
and his love. Actually, the Bible verse on you, you version today, the lady that spoke, she said, I don't think that you guys have done as worse, as bad as what David has done. And still God used him and still God loves him. And I just, whenever you seek God, he reminds you, like, Otito, stop. I love you. Like, I just love you. Like, I just love you, Otito. You know, and that draws me back to him. That draws me closer to him. And that makes me say to myself, okay, get back up. Get back up. Do it right. You know, um, so seeking God, it can be challenging in this world that we're in. But if you do it in bits and pieces, it's enough for God. Um, at least I think that it's enough for him. And just continuously, continuously give yourself away the way that you can. I remember I, I, I don't do well with fasting, but I, I've been feeling it on my heart to fast. <laughs> so I tried fasting this week. Again, secret revealed. Because I don't talk to tell my husband some of these things. I just do it. So I said I'm going to fast this week. And I joined with a friend to fast. And we were supposed to fast from morning all the way to evening. By 12 o'clock, I text her. I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't fast. I can't, it's too much. And, she, and I said, well, I fasted from morning to 12. Is that enough? And she said, you have to ask yourself, did you fast something that you've already might have done? If you, you know, like she asked me some critical questions and I said to myself, I said, God is happy with me. I fasted, I'm okay. <laughs> And I let it go. Next week, I'll try again. But, you know, when you have that relationship with someone, you're not constantly thinking that the person is upset with you or angry at you because you didn't get it right. I mean, how much more God? It says that he so loved us. You know what I mean? Like, he loves it. The perfect love casts out, cast out fear. So just keep seeking God. Just keep seeking him. And then the last thing I'll say is that um, what does seeking God look like from day to day? Seeking God just means not giving up, right? Every single day, just seek him. Just find a way to seek him. And don't let anybody explain to you what seeking him looks like for you. Make it that personal relationship for you and him and just do that. Because as you continue to do that, you might not think that you're growing, but you're growing. Things in your life will show you that you're growing. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. So, um... We've all spoken well and we'll continue to speak well because it's the Spirit of God that speaks through us. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm really learning a lot. Um, something I, I wanted to add, you know, it says, um, um, what does it look like seeking God uh, from day to day? You know, how do we seek it? So when we talk about day to day, it's not like you come in the morning and you say, God, I seek you today. I commit my actions, activities, and everything to you, and you go by your day. You seek him, you find him. So he comes like he's in you, but like he appears active to help you go through your day. And you might not know what you're seeking for, but what you're seeking for is for him to guide you as the day's activities unfold which might be reaction or actions from your fellow human beings at work, at school, while uh, having a conversation. And while all those things are going on, you're seeking him too. Because you're not going to say, uh, you woke up in the morning, you say, God, take control, da, da, da. Yeah, you already took control, but 
you need to remind yourself that you asked for something and it's been given to you and when something occurs, you apply the answer that you've already received. You know, so it's something that we must be very conscious of. You know, I walk, it can, it can really go crazy. If you need to take a break, you take a break to go remind yourself that there was something I asked for and it's been given to me. So let me approach this differently. And I'm realistically, the only way for us to really seek God is to seek God. You know, there is no, there are no two ways or easier ways to do it. When you seek, it says you should seek and you will find. And when you find, you have to do something with what you found. You understand? Because God is not like you, you tell God, okay, come and be with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart for today be acceptable unto you. And you still want God to be the one to speak. You are the one to speak. You are the one to act out what he already responded to your seeking him. And that applies to your response to what people say and to what people do. And uh, for me and my job, there are days that I, I really get it. You know, and um, sometimes I laugh. The, some of the volunteers that work there will be asking me, how do you do it? You know, it's, it's God. You understand? It's God that helps you to know that your response to something, the way it comes to you, is not the best way to go. And you not responding to that thing, the way it came to you, does not make you weak. Right? So, I would say that the way for us to seek God on a daily basis is to seek Him. And we must do that with knowledge. We must understand what it means to seek God. Right? And we must believe it. You know, because he says we should seek and we'll find. When we seek, we don't understand what it means to seek and we don't believe it will be very difficult for us to even know when the answer is given. You know, so with the sincerity of heart, when you don't understand things about what the scripture says, you go to God how you are. Don't try to don't try to play faith because faith without knowledge is not going to give you uh, a, a sustaining result. So you go as you are, seek to know him first, seek to understand him first. Then when that happens, the things that you're asking for will begin to make sense to you as you receive Praise them. The Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So um, I'm going to quickly read Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. I just want to add that. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And it says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So one thing about God is that even when we seek him, like I, I mentioned an example, um, some people, you know, we may be coming to church or once in a while we may open our Bible. But God is, um, God is the king of kings. He is the ruler of the whole heavens and the earth. You know, he is God. And he, he said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God knows how we're searching for him. Yeah. God loves to look at the heart. 
He doesn't look at what we say, what we try, you know, the little things that we do um, casually and stuff like that. God knows how we're really searching for him. And he said, that's when you find me, when you search for me with all your heart. And um, we know the story of Zacchaeus. <laughs> so Zacchaeus, um, you know, this, the Bible said he was a wealthy man. He was, um, he heard about Jesus and he wanted to see him. It said that he was short, so he couldn't see him through the crowds. So what did he do? He could have been like, oh, I can't really see him um, because I'm in a crowd and I can't really see him. Okay, I'll go home. But what did he do? He climbed on top of a tree. That shows that he really wanted to see him. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I was, I'm coming to your house tonight. What? God said he's going to... So he said he's going he to come to his house tonight and... Um, I think he said eat dinner with him or something like that. But basically, God sees how much we're searching for him, how much we really have a, hung, a hunger to um, to know him, to seek him, and um, whether it be for direction, whatever it is. But I mean, one of the main things we should really to be to know him, but uh, and also direction and revelation, all of that. And he knows how much we really want to know him in our heart. Not casually opening our, you know, the Bible app and, hey, let me just see. Let me read a verse to let me see something. You know, that's not, that's very casual. God is a king. We don't, if you want to meet the president, you're not going to meet the president by, hey, um, that's not how you approach a president. But God is way above all the presidents in the world. He's the king of the whole universe. So um, part of seeking God and actually finding him. You have to have a hunger and you have to actually seek him with all your heart in order to um, really encounter him. And um, God, God also, he, he's also, he's also a kind person. He's also a loving father. So you could come to him and he will accept you. He's not going to say, oh, you're not good enough or you're not searching. You know, you guys get my point. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about uh Psalms chapter 27, verse 4. Psalms chapter 27, verse 4. So David said um, in Psalms chapter 27, verse 4, he says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing I have desired of the Lord only one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in, of, to inquire in his temple. So he said that he wants to behold the beauty of the Lord. Like we, we see these type of verses where God told Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. And then David is saying that all he wants to do is just be in the house of God and behold the beauty of the Lord. And it kind of tells us that there's more to God than that more, that we than we realize at first. Like when we don't know God at first, there's more. There's a lot more to Him than we realize, because David is saying that that's the one thing he desires, and that he just wants to behold the beauty of God. So there must be more, you know. So what is it? So what is so beautiful about God that? That David, the King David, says that one thing I have desired is to behold your face and I want to um, spend my life inquiring in his temple. What is it? What is it that's causing that to happen? Uh, for me, the presence of God is everything. 
the presence of God is everything. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Everything was created through him. He's one that gave light and life. Give light to humanity and give life to everything. Jesus is everything. He said you should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. When we finish here from, you know, from earth, the relationship continues. There is life after. Remember the story of the rich man and, uh, and uh, Lazarus. Right? The poor man whom he was eating the crumbs, you know, uh, of the rich man's food. And dogs were coming to lick the, the pus in his body. The rich man never paid attention to him. And the Bible says, Lazarus died and was taken by angel to be at the bosom of Abraham. And then the rich man died. And life continued. The rich man saw Lazarus at the bosom of Abraham. And he asked that he should help him. They should give him water. He said, we cannot come to you. There is a valley between us and you. He even went ahead to request that they send somebody to his brothers who are on earth so that they don't make the same mistake that he made. So, life continues. Jesus is everything. What, can, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And in doing this, you see, when the more I know Jesus, the more his love now controls me, like Apostle Paul. Let me share this testimony. October last year, I went about my business. One of my clients had introduced his brother for me to do business with him. So I went to his house and we talked business. And after this discussion, we started talking about life and started talking about faith. It happens he's been in the military for seven years. And as a military officer, he's been looking for a job to become a probation officer with the US law enforcement you know, agency. But he has not succeeded for seven years. So as we started talking, the Holy Spirit began to prompt me to talk to him about Jesus. And I spoke to him about Jesus. I shared my life experience with him. Okay? And I gave him the opportunity to accept Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. 
He didn't waste time. He said, we can pray. That's awesome. So right there, we prayed. He accepted Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Now, the job that he's been looking for, we went to the, he had to leave California where he was and come back to New Jersey where his family is. And then he applied for the same job in New Jersey. He said he didn't know what was going to happen. I said to him, you are a child of God. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be happy. God will give you that job. We open to the scripture, Mark eleven twenty four. That says that when you pray, believe that you have received and you will have that which right there. And there. We prayed and I told him congratulations. They were going to call him. And to him, like play, they called him. He went for interview. This was the words from his mouth. He said three weeks into the job that he didn't believe that he actually got this job. That he didn't believe. It's only God that can do that. The heart of kings are in his hand. That goes to show how much he loves humanity. He wants to have relationship with them, with us, and then help them to prosper in life. Awesome. So God is really invested in us. Um, praise the Lord. Yeah, so um, that was a great uh, testimony. You know, he's um, helping somebody else to, to seek God. You know, it's not just us. You know, seeking him. And I also wanted to add that um, the thing that was so beautiful about God that made David to, to seek him on a daily basis is because he knew who God was. You know, so I'll bring it to our lives today. Intentionally or unintentionally or knowingly or unknowingly, we've tasted and seen that God is beautiful. So the thing that will make us seek him from time to time or as often as we should is our knowledge of who he is. You know, we've fallen, we've risen, and we saw that even when we did not deserve to get up, he got us up. So if, if we're conscious of the beauty of God's love, towards us, how he brings us up, how he takes us then, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have any choice uh, than to seek him. So for me, the reason why the, uh, David saw the beauty of seeking God is because he knew who God is and he experienced God one hand. And all of us today, we've, done, we've experienced God. All we need to do is to, to think back, to see to understand it and and do what we need. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So when you actually, you know, taste and you see, you would, you know, you would know the beauty of God and you would like when you actually see God, when you actually know God, you won't want to why would you want to leave because there's nothing else better out there. So um thank you for that. Anybody else want to add anything before we move on to the next question? No, I think I've said it all. Okay. So um how do we now how do we stay hungry for God? Because it's one thing to see God and to come to know God, but we know that the flesh is always fighting us 
to continue to experience God. Um, there's so many things in our lives that is fighting for the place of God. So how do we actually stay hungry to continue to seek God? Um, I have a response for this one, and it's for our youth. Yeah. Um, one of the things that will really, really, really make you stay hungry for God is relationships. Evangel, I believe you will testify to that. <laughs> what? You see, I believe you can testify to that. Paul, the same thing. I knew all of us. Relationship for, for growing fellas. Guys, ladies, your relationship with people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, uh, your relationship with people will really, really, it, it does have a long way to go with how hungry you stay for God. How so? How so? You know, so if you, if you have people who their focus is more on career, which is good, mm-hmm. your hunger for life will be more on career. Mm-hmm. The, the, what the world see as fun if you have people, even in the circle of uh, Christianity, if you have people whose focus are on like having fun, like the earthly people we would have, you will be hung- more hungry for that. And I, like I mentioned earlier, coming to this country, I sought God for friendship because I know one hand, I experienced it personally, what friendship could do to you. It can destroy you, it can make you, it can keep you, or it can like finish. So it's very important, and I'm saying this, like I said, our youths, my fellow youths, our relationship, we must, you know, we must re-examine it. Where are we, who are those people that will give more of our time? Who are those people that will hang more with what do they say? What are they hungry for? What do they pursue? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is not just seeking to go to heaven. It's seeking God's personality to actively live it. So that, is, that means that it helps you to seek him even in your career. It helps you to seek him in your conversations. It helps you to seek him in everything that you do, which makes your life beautiful. And guess what? You will be a tree that God throws his, its, his fruits into other people's uh, lives. You know, so for me, the main thing for me, and I, um, I don't know why I keep saying the youths, the main thing for me, for those that are growing, for those that thought, think that they've grown, your relationship with people will have a long way to go with how hungry you will stay for God. I am a living testimony. So I'm speaking with confidence. Praise the Lord. Okay, so quickly, one, we have like, um, our time is almost out. So we're just going to do one minute each on like how to stay hungry for God. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think for me, um, yeah, FM said it all. And I feel like I keep saying that FM said it all. But I think also for me, it, it could be as sim- simple as 
asking God to, you know, also give slash increase that hunger. Because I know for sometimes for me, I know when I can tell when I'm not, you know, that close. I can tell when my focus is drifting. So it's something as simple as catching myself and being sincere in my heart and saying, Lord, I feel like this month I'm a little off. I want that hunger back. And I know personally, he gives it back to me. He redirects my focus back on Christ and that hunger comes back. So for me, it can be as simple as just asking our father for that hunger. So, How do I stay hungry for God? Um, um, so... I, I, I allow the Holy Spirit to help me and to guide me. Um, the Holy Spirit, like Lucy says, directs me. And the Spirit of God will tell me when I'm hot, when I'm cold. And it doesn't mean that I'm no longer in love with God. It just means that I'm not focused on Him. I'm not dedicated. I'm being um, distracted. I'm being distracted. And when He brings up that awareness to me that I'm being distracted, um, then I can go back and say, okay, what's distracting me? How do I change that? Uh, I'll use a quick story and I'll try to make it in 30 seconds or less. But when I first, when I finish university, I'll call it university in the US, we call it when I finished college. When I finished college and I came back to New Jersey, I actually became born again in, at school. So for those youths that are going to away to college, um, find a church, find a Bible-believing church is so important. So when I gave my life to Christ in school, and I remember saying to myself, I don't want to go back to New Jersey because God is not in New Jersey. I, would, I mean, I was, a born, I was a brand new Christian, so I only knew God at school. So I was very scared to go back to New Jersey because I only knew God at school. So when I, and I had my friends and everything. So when I came back to New Jersey, I knew nobody. And as a new believer, that destroyed me. I, I was empty. And like the Bible says, when you're empty, he brings more negativity to you. He brings more demons or whatever. The Bible says that when the house is cleaned, he brings more, right? I'm paraphrasing. Um, but I was empty until I found this church. I remember crying out to my mom and I said, I need a church to go to, something, that, something like what I experienced at school. And she said, oh, your auntie, uh, that was Pastor and Kim, she goes to this church in Orange, why don't you try it out? And I came here and like my husband said, I met Chi Chi, I met Yusi, I met Chidim, I met all of them. And then I started immersing myself in that and that really helped me. And then I started having godly goals and I started having godly friends and I started doing godly things and I had that encouragement. So um, friendship is very important. Awesome. I think um, like that's funny that we both, you know, you both said that. And I think that when God wants to change your life, one of the first, one of the things he does do, he surrounds you um, with people that are going to take you, you know, help you go in the direction that he wants you to go. Because we know that the, um, the Bible says that um, bad manners corrupt. Bad company corrupts good manners, right? So bad company corrupts good manners. And um, that is certainly true. Um, most of the times the devil could slow you down or stop you from going where God wants you to go using the people 
that um, you're surrounded by. And um, just to round up, I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 to 3. So it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. So God is just inviting all of us to come to him. Um, come to him. He said he would, that your soul may live. Incline your ear and come to God that your soul may live. You know, God is promising us that if you come to him, it's going to be worthwhile. So um, I encourage us all, those tuning in online, those here in person, let us continue to seek God. God has awesome things for his children. And um, I think we're going to round up like that. So thank you all for joining us um, until next time.